Good morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. You are live with me this morning. Today's discussion, we're going to be talking about six steps to beating discouragement. How do you beat discouragement? I'm excited about this morning. I made a choice today, just like you can make a choice every day to not be discouraged, but to be encouraged. Uh, the Bible talks about Jesus or God's thoughts. Jesus even thinks about us this way, but God's thoughts towards us. And I want to encourage you today that discouragement is a very real thing. You can become it if you don't keep your guard up. And I want to give you six steps on being able to do it. So let's get into it today. First step, point number one, is to recognize where negativity comes from. Number one, recognize where negativity comes from. I want to tell you something that you have an enemy. You do, I do. We have somebody that's working against us continually to discourage us, to keep us from the encouragement that God has made available to us through the work of Jesus Christ, but he is constantly working against us. Turn with me in your Bible to John chapter 10. I could quote it to you, but it, I, you know, we're starting our day and I want you to be able to put your eyes on the word, but John chapter 10, the 10th verse says, the thief, the thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly because Jesus is a good shepherd. He shepherds sheep, which would be you and me, away from or to protect us from the thief, the enemy that would try and steal us away from the pack, from the herd. And I want to tell you something discouragement can be very real in life, especially today. Think about the circumstances that are around you on a regular basis. The, the economic climate that the world is in today, no matter where you live, the economic climate, think about the affairs that are going on around the world. I'm not talking about sexual affairs. I'm talking about the, um, the global, political, um, international, what's going on in the Middle East right now, especially with our beloved country that we cherish so greatly, Israel. They are, there's major things going on in the world right now. And so discouragement has an opportunity to work its way in through this thief, the thief, the enemy. And the Bible says, Jesus said that the enemy comes for one reason, and that's to steal, kill, and destroy, and take away from you. So the enemy, number one, it's important to understand that this is not coming from God discouragement does not come from God. Rejection does not come from God. Defeat in your mind, in your heart, in your being. It's almost like it becomes a part of you. Like when you feel discouraged, it's like you can't just break out of it. It's like it becomes a part of you, of your, who, of who you are, of your DNA, because it, it makes everything around you feel so real that the way everything is around you currently and presently is so real it's actually happening to you because it actually is. That's the reality of it. So number one, you have to understand that when these things come up, it's not a, it's, it doesn't help you to avoid it and to ignore it. You've got to hit it head on. That would be like a shepherd, what Jesus was giving us an example in, in John 10 here, that a shepherd were to be aware of an attack that the sheep, that his flock was going to have. And him ignoring it to say, I don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to protect my sheep. No, he's he, a shepherd has to deal with the attack on the flock. You have to deal with the attack on your life. You can't ignore it. You can't sit back and allow it to just have its way and just 
pretend that it's not there and fake it and sit around and pretend that you've got to hit it head on. It takes an offensive approach, not defensive. It takes an offensive uh, approach to attack these things that come against your life on a regular basis. But the first and most important thing to understand, number one, is recognize where this negativity comes from. And it's not God, it's the enemy. He's come for one reason, and that's to steal, kill, and destroy. Started back in the Garden of Eden when God gave Adam a clear commandment about what to do and what not to do. And then the enemy's first response, the first feedback that the enemy, the thief, had given to the serpent to tell Adam and Eve was questioning the commandment that God gave them. So the enemy is the one that brings these things upon your life, not God. God does not do these things. In fact, point number two, understand what God thinks about you. You can write that down. Understand what God thinks about you. Turn with me into your book, the the wonderful book, the powerful book, the mighty book, your sword. This is a mighty sword for your life. Turn into your book to Jeremiah chapter 29. This is what God thinks about you. He's speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. And he says in verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. He knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Why, why is that important for us to understand? Because when you know when the thought, what the thoughts are that God thinks towards you, now you start to align and agree with what he says and thinks about you. He's not the one that produces discouragement. I want to tell you something too. Well, we'll get into that in a second, but I'm skipping ahead of my notes a little bit. But God is always for forward thinking. You can write that down as point number three. God is always forward thinking. When, when things come up in your mind, in your life, and it reminds you of your past, what happened, or what didn't happen, things that you missed or you messed up on. Listen, I, I could write a book. I should write a book on how to miss God and be miserable. Because uh, I could write a book on those different things because I've missed God before. I've been miserable before. Now, I'm not ashamed to tell anybody that. I'm not a- afraid to tell anybody that. It's not that I'm living in it. I know how when, in- when discouragement comes, I know how to look it in the eye and say, I know where you come from. But back to the past, God never brings up your past to you. If there's past things coming up in your mind, that have already passed behind you, it's not God bringing that up to you. God is forward thinking. So in verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. What in that reminds you of what you did or where you were or what you don't have? God's thoughts, way he thinks about you from day to day to day is about future and the potential of your future. Never about your past. He doesn't remind you. He doesn't bring to your remembrance what has happened. So when you get those thoughts, I know you do. Why? How do I know that you have these thoughts? Because I'm the same creation that you are. I'm a human too. We're both human me and you. Now, if you're not human and you're watching this, please email me so I can learn more about your species. 
But for real, I'm a human. You're a human. I know you've dealt with these things, past things coming up in your mind, and the enemy has figured out how to sneak into the flock. That's why you need a shepherd, because the sheep don't recognize it. The sheep aren't aware. Oh, look at that. Look at that guy over there. He's he's so nice. Oh, why is he why is he biting my friend? Oh, why is he Oh, my, my friend's bleeding. Why is my friend being dragged out by the, by the new friend that we have? Oh, he's bringing him outside of the fence now. Oh, he's dragging him down. Hey, shepherd, something's happening. Because sheep just go on about life. And that's what the enemy knows, is that he can implant things in your mind. How do you think Adam and Eve got deceived in the garden? We don't know how long they were in the garden before they got deceived. They could have been there for years. That, that time is very fluid if you read through the scripture and understand how much time took place from Genesis 1 to 3. But how do we know that this enemy is speaking to us? Because in the reference to the context of what he's telling you, well, you know, you should have done this. Is that future? Is that hope? No. So it can't be God's thought. That can't be how God thinks about you. Why would you want to think about something the way someone else, an enemy at that, thinks about you? And while we're on the subject, who cares what other people think about you? If you're stuck on what others think and trying to be conformed to and conform your thoughts and your words and your lifestyle to what other, others think, you're going to stay behind because they don't care about you. Just like you think, what do others think about me? What do you think other people are thinking about? What do other people think about them? So you're in this constant rat race around your thoughts. Hold on. Let's put in our mind what someone who cares about us thinks about us. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you future, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You, it's me and you. That's our responsibility. Uh, point number three, we, talked, we said this already, but forward thinking. It, it, God's thinking is never backwards. He doesn't have to bring up what's happened to talk about what's going to happen. He talks about your future, the potential of your future who you can be, what you can have, the opportunity that you have in front of you. He doesn't bring up your past to dwell it on you. So when you have that and you know that, this is when step number four is going to come into play. When you understand that those thoughts are coming into your life. Well, look what you missed. Look, Listen, I've missed some opportunities in my life. I'm very grateful for where I am. I'm so thankful for everything I have now. So I don't want you to think that what I'm about to say is a reflection of, of what I think of where I am now, but I've made some bad mistakes in my life from the time I was saved at 17 to 18, 19, all the way up to 34, 30, I think I'm 34. That is the, uh, lifespan of who I can think of the, who I was before 17 really is irrelevant, but also even though I was born again at 17, the Bible says that we should be renewing ourselves day by day. So I don't have to live in who I was at 24. I don't have to live with who I was at the mistakes I made at 27. I don't have to live with the mistakes I made at 34 and a half two days ago. I am a new creation day by day. And the only thing that I can do anything about is what's going to happen, the future. 
hope, the potential of what can happen. And that's how God thinks about you and me. God is always forward thinking. His thoughts are higher and progressing forward. His thoughts are higher and progressing fo- progressive forward. The Bible says in Proverbs that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. He doesn't think at the level that we do. He thinks on a higher playing field. He thinks on a, on a different level than you and I do. So what do we do about this? Turn with me into Joshua, the first chapter. And you could hold that place and also into Deuteronomy. You don't have to turn Deuteronomy, but just turn to Joshua chapter one. God tells us, gives us some instructions what we can do about these things. It's our responsibility to handle what thoughts we receive, what thoughts we ponder on, what thoughts we allow. Okay, Uh, Joshua one and turn to verse Go to verse five, go to verse six, be strong and of good courage talking to you for the, to the land you shall, uh, for this people, you shall divide as an inheritance, the land I swore to their fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous. Now, listen, I understand the context of what is being spoken here to Joshua, the leader of these people. But it's not just to Joshua and maybe in the context of what he's to do, but in how he is to do it is what we can relate our, to ourselves in our life. Because I know he's taught, I'm not ignorant to the fact that this is written to someone else. This is written to Joshua. This is the written about Joshua for Joshua. And I want to tell you though, that the application, not the context of what he's doing but the application of how he's doing it can be something you put on in your life. Verse seven, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, Moses, my servant has commanded you to do. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. So you got to understand something here. God's not talking about what has happened. He's talking to Joshua about what he should do in order to be successful in the thing that he's been commanded to do. So whatever you've been commanded to do, you can apply this same concept of how to be successful in your life. Deuteronomy 31, just a couple pages back. Deuteronomy 31, he says again, He says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you and he will not leave you nor forsake you. So how I'm discouraged. I'm in this discouragement phase. What do I do now? You have to apply the knowledge. Doesn't take action in terms of movement. It takes action in terms of internal reception, like receiving things, your mind gets stayed on something which crushes your courage. It crushes your courage that you have. So you don't have the ability to move forward. So what do you have to replace? You have to replace what's going on inside with some different things. You have to apply this noggin that you have and understand what God has said the thing will be that gets him with you. 
And in Deuteronomy 31, again, he said, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them or whatever it is. You put whoever, it may not be an army in front of you. Maybe if some people are watching from the Middle East, it may be an army in front of you. But it may not be an army in front of you that you have in your life. It may be something going on in your life that's crushing you and discouraging you. He says, don't be afraid of them or don't be afraid of it. For the Lord your God, he is the one that goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Why say that? Because the knowledge of that, the the information that that brings, brings power and courage to you. It brings strength to you to be able to go and do what you know to do and defeat that discouragement that's bringing you down. It's the only way to do it. It's not going to happen by sitting and thinking about the things that are discouraging you and trying to figure out a way. You have to put new information on top of it. You have to put new applications on top of it. God is with you. God is for you. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you a future. Now, it's your job to put the courage on by applying what he has said and what he will do for you. God, listen, this is reassurance that God is backing you in whatever approach that you go to. No matter where you step, if you will apply these things, stay in his word. Don't vary, have any variation to the left or to the right. Stay on the path of God's word. What's God's word? He has a hope and a future for you. He's come to give you life, life more abundantly. He has come to make you the head and not the tail. You're not, you're not a, a lowly beggared. You, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The book of Psalms says that. I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. That he formed me in the womb. That while I was still in my mother's womb, the Bible says he clothed me or he covered me. That my spirit was, in, was just in there in my mother's womb. And he covered me with a human suit perfectly the way he wanted me intentionally. So he has thoughts for you. He's got high intentions for you, for your future, and for a hope for what your future holds. God's backing you. Number five, those who fix their gaze on God will receive peace. Turn with me into Isaiah 26 and 3. Those who fix their gaze on God will receive peace. Isaiah 26, the third verse. Those who fix their gaze on God will receive peace. Isaiah 26 and 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. He who stays, the reason that staying your mind on God brings so much benefit, peace, tranquility, ease of, uh, of doing whatever you have to do in your life. You're looking around the midst of your life. It brings no, it doesn't bring anxiety. The repercussions of you staying your mind on Christ brings peace, has such benefit to it because it's a constant work that you have to do. If you should be working at anything, it should be keeping your mind stayed on the things of God. Those who stay their mind on God receive peace from God. But that's going to be the battle. 
is staying your mind on these things. Turn into to Romans chapter 8 while I'm talking to you. Those who stay their mind, steady their mind, your mind's going to go crazy. That's what discouragement comes from. Understand the root. Going back to point number one, the enemy is the one that implants these thoughts and ideas. It doesn't come from yourself. The thought, God's thoughts do not bring discouragement. If it brings discouragement, it's not a word from God. He's not going to tell you something that brings you down. The Bible says his thoughts towards you are for future and hope of the future. So if your future looks grim and you look at it and I've been there, man, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not doing the things that I want to be doing at the level that I want to be doing them at. That's not God saying, look at where you are and, and you know, you're not where you want to be. God looks at the future and goes, here's what your future holds. And along with that vision of your future, hope comes with it. But see, you don't see those things if your mind isn't stayed on God. You, you begin to think of everything else that's going wrong. So number five, those who fix their gaze on God will receive peace. Number six, run to God. Run to God. Romans 8 is where I told you to turn. Run to God. Verse 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. When? When we're weak. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he who searches the heart, who? God knows what the mind of the spirit is, but he, because he makes intercession for the saints, according to the will of God, the Holy spirit within you is your greatest helper in the time of weakness. Read back through that in Romans eight and 26 and 27 in your time of weakness, your greatest helper is the Holy spirit, which you should pray in the Holy ghost fervently and for Hours upon hours of your week. Well, I don't know if that's very attainable, Dylan. You don't have to sit. Let me help you with praying in the Holy Ghost because the Bible says that when you don't know what to pray, likewise, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. So when you're weak, the Holy Spirit's there to help you. The Holy Spirit is there to help you in your weak times. Why would you leave him out when he's the one that's there to help you during times that you're weak in? So when you know that you're weak, carve out every moment that you can. It may not be hours at one time, but over the course of your week, it should accumulate to hours. Like if you look at your time on your phone, on your screen, I know you don't look at your phone daily for three hours at one time. Maybe you do, but it may not be for three hours in one day but or, or at one sitting, I mean, within a day. It's going to be progressively throughout the day, 15 minutes here, eight minutes here, six minutes here, 12 minutes here, and all that time added up. That's what you need to be doing praying in the Holy Ghost is every chance you can. Riding in your vehicle, turn the music off. Turn the worship music off. Turn everything off. Turn the preaching off. Dylan just said turn preaching off in my car. Dylan just said turn worship music on. Yes, I did, because that worship music is coming from you to God. And if you're weak, the Bible doesn't say to worship God. It says to pray in the Holy Ghost, that he can pray for you to get your weakness out, to get your strength built back up. 
That's what you need. You don't need to praise and worship God every moment of the day. That can be part of your day. But there's going to have to be times that you shut things down. See, a lot of people don't want to hear this stuff. Well, you should just always praise and worship God. That's not what the Bible says. There is time for that through your day. But there should be time carved out where you allow the Spirit to pray for you, intercede for you, because you don't know what you're doing anymore because you're weak. So you've got to let the Holy Spirit pray for you at those times when you are weak. Jump down to verse 31. When, what then shall we say these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for me, just say that out loud right where you are. If God is for me, who can be against me? I'll tell you who can't be yourself. You can't be against you. You can't be your biggest enemy if God is for you. You can't defeat you. God is on your side. He's got some victory for you. He's got a hope and a future in mind for you. Hope that encourages you today. But these are six steps to beat discouragement. Share this with somebody. If you know someone could use this, I hope it blessed you today. And as always, be sure to subscribe and like the channel. And I'm thankful for all of you that pray and support the program. And be sure to subscribe to the email to get the updates and receive the notes that I've taken from the service today or the uh, the message today. But I love you. Be blessed. And I'll see you on the next broadcast. Bye-bye.